I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. Hey there, listeners. This is Writer Kath here. I'm joined, as always, with my host, Strenuous Manflurry. And we are the Crossing Borders podcast. We're up to episode number 32. And we have an absolute ton of topics this week. Since we skipped last week, a bunch of stuff happened. So as always, we'll be talking about Raw, Lucha Underground, the other Raw. Uh, we'll discuss Enzo Amore and Cat, Big Cass, how they're doing so far. We'll discuss Apollo Crews. We'll do some uh, quick little fantasy booking, basically bullet point fantasy booking for some of the returning stars. We'll get uh, we'll talk about the women's division a little bit more, and uh, let's see. We'll talk about the tag title tournament. Got a hell of a lot to discuss, including uh, clusterfuck women's matches, which I am completely sick of. Do you want to start off with that, Kath? Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. You know what? Before we even do that, how are you? It's been a full two weeks since yeah. the last show. Um, it's been pretty good, actually. I last week. Well, this past weekend, I was at a convention. A friend of mine was selling art. Oh. Yeah, and so I kind of tagged along. It was a anime or art and gaming convention, just a large congregation of nerds. Was it a good time? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we played D&D and a few other different games, including one called Savage Worlds, where... The premise was that every president in American history was taken and replaced with a clone so they could fight uh, galactic threats. Huh, alright. Yeah, I was Space Clinton. You were Space Clinton? Yes. Hmm. Bill, to be precise. Well, yeah. So, um, did you buy any hentai? I did not. Yowie or Yuri? I bought nothing. I bought a couple sets of dice. Couple sets of dice. Was it hentai dice? No. 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 You seriously bought no hentai at all? No. Well, your loss. No. So why don't you go ahead and t- tell me why you? Uh, what is upsetting you with clusterfuck women's matches? Um, I think it's partially. It just shows off how they have a very rich roster now. I mean, they have some really solid women. I mean, they have that upper tier, who like you know the four, the three out of the four horsewomen. They have your Natalias. They have a lot of women who are really good. A lot of women who could get better with experience, and some who are just fine. But putting them all in a giant match where nothing really happens doesn't do anyone any favors. It doesn't let the talented ones show off what they can do. And it doesn't let the ones who are mediocre or not as good get the seasoning they need because they're only in there for a 30-second spot. Yeah, one, you know, one thing that bothers me about the women's division, um, you know, even now that they're doing all this changeover Wait. into making it, you know, more of an athletic thing, they really don't have... As many good wrestlers as you would want. If you compare it to the guys' division, you know, yeah, you have a lot of trash. Like, you have a lot of bad to mediocre guys. But 
you have at any time eight to ten dudes who are world class, some of the best wrestlers in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And with the women, you know, just by necessity, because there's fewer, you know, much, much fewer. Yeah. Um, you have four good ones. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then it's an immediate drop off to mediocre and then worse. You I think I think there's quite a few, though, who if they got the opportunity to work with the good, the better workers rather than just isolating them, that they could improve. I think I see people who possibly could like I've given up on Naomi. I don't think she's ever going to um, summer page. I don't know. You know, yeah, page is still young, but. She's been around a while, and every, all of her main roster stuff has been pretty bad. But, you know, you look down at the um, women in NXT right now, and they actually have a really strong crop of, of women that they haven't really even debuted. I mean, and they have in jobber roles mostly. But, mm-hmm. you know, you've got, you know, like Athena. Um, they they just signed, um, fuck, what's her name? from Nikki uh, Storm. Nikki Storm. So they're going to have a world-class roster. I just hope that they uh, keep the pipeline moving and move them up. But, you know, to your point, it's not going to matter if they fall back in the old trap of let's have a 10-woman. Let's just throw them all out there. Go yeah. ahead. Do your thing. And then we'll still only book one storyline. And I guess they kind of have two going now with Becky and Emma. Mm-hmm. But Emma wasn't even in the 10-women. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. I think it's part of the same reason, like, oh, all these women are sorted by their hair color. Mm-hmm. Because the lack of feuds, the lack of interaction, it's the only way you can tell some of them apart. And that's ridiculous. So it was kind of like Alicia for the longest time, where she would just be a heel or a face or whatever. It didn't matter. And then and all of a sudden she was like, Challenging for the belt, so they were like, now she has freakouts. And then, yes, she became a Bella. Yeah. Now the Bellas are gone. Yes. Total Bellas. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's just, now that they've decided, okay, these aren't divas anymore, they really do need to have a few, a couple storylines going. Not saying they need a whole hour or anything like that. They've got enough goddamn hours they could. Just something to build on, something to something for them to hang their hat on. They've got a decent roster. They've got a decent sized roster of women. And I think it's kind of hurting them to just keep all the talented ones locked together. Yeah. And whereas like, you know, Summer Rae or even Naomi could potentially benefit from working with Sasha could work with somebody who has that skill set, or especially Natalia, who's terrific. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about, do you want to talk about Raw or Lucha Underground? Uh, I've got Lucha Underground open. Okay, yeah, because, you know, there, there were two Raws. Yeah. Shane hosted both. Yes, like making that stipulation totally worth a shit. Look, Kath, it's all about the social media outreach. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> hey, WWE Raw breaks record low rating. How about that? Well, it was a taped show, so yep. that always happens when it's pre-taped. Supposedly, being taped or not is supposed to not matter. But well, that's like full of shit. Here. 
New low record for the least watched episode on its regular night outside of football season with 3.32 million viewers. It is basketball, and basketball is hotter than ever. So is wrestling, though, I was told. Um, one of those two things is true. But, man, that is a really fucking bad... Um, that's bad. That's really bad. But anyway, uh, Lucha Underground... Lucha yes. Underground, unfortunately, one of the you know one of the benefits, obviously, to doing our show on Thursday, and we're early, in case yeah. people can tell, is that we can review Lucha Underground from a day previous. Mm-hmm. Now we're going back a few days, but you know we'll be back on our normal schedule next week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you'll have two Lucha Undergrounds to review yeah. next week. Fun times. So go ahead and hit me with that good stuff. Last week, what what happened the previous week? Oh gosh, stuff. Okay, what happened this week? Uh, they're still going through the uh, Trios Tag Tournament. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was carryover. Um, this time it opened up with uh, Mundo and Taya in Dario's office, and Taya made like a real odd decision by just mouthing off and being a total jackass to Dario for no reason. Uh-oh. But that kind of fits her character because... She did the same thing with Cage. Yeah, she she's one of those who talks huge and on occasion, backs it up. Uh, and so Dario made it so that she and Mundo are in the tag tournament with Cage as their partner. Ah. Yeah. And Cage basically said he'll win with or without them, which was kind of great. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The opening match was Killshot versus Arhenus. Our Janice. Oh, 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 that's, um, that's Sin Cara's, uh, uh, Mystic the, 2.0, Caristico. That's his yeah. brother, I believe. Yes. And so, uh, our Janice, well, Killshot had a whole, uh, mini movie devoted to him last week, so. Yeah, that's right. He was definitely going over. Uh, it was a fun match, though. Really, uh, a good time. Striker was a little bit irritating on commentary but hardly the end of the world. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, one interesting bit was uh, Black Lotus guarding the office of Dario Cueto when Dragon Azteca Jr. came up. Mm-hmm. Now, those of you who didn't watch season one, Black Lotus was initially Dragon Azteca Jr.'s apprentice. And then she fucking killed him. Yes, she did. But in this case, she told Dragon Azteca that she had no choice but to join Dario and that Matanza killed Dragon Azteca. Hmm. So, yeah. She could be playing both sides against the middle here. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm thinking she's just straight evil. Oh. Because it just... It stokes the fires, but... If she was just like, yeah, I killed him, right. that does her no good. And he'll just throw himself at Matanza and probably get eaten, too. So uh, next up was the debut of Daga. I'm not sure. You Are you more familiar with him than I am? Heard the name. Uh, probably watched him wrestle. But um, yeah, uh, not much beyond that. Okay, and he may hold the distinction of being a worse actor than Katrina. Really? Yeah, he was pretty bad. Oof. But uh, basically it was just him being smug. 
Like, this episode was all about being rude to Dario for some reason. Not smart. No, why would you do that? And so... Let's see. Oh, uh, there... It was a medallion match against Tejano. For one of the Aztec medallions? Yeah, the Gift of the Gods. I see. Uh, because Phoenix cashed in, all of the seven medallions are again in play. Mm-hmm. So they'll have different matches for them. And basically, each medallion is a title shot. You cash it in, and you get the match the following week. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Lucha Underground continued its tradition of getting people to lose their debuts. Except for except for the fucking Snake Lady. Uh-huh. Although, Snake Lady did finally lose. Who did she lose to? Was it uh, Mariposa? Oh, Ivelisse, no. that's right. Yeah. And so, uh, there was a segment with Mil Mortez and Katrina, and the Disciples are in the Trios tournament. They were the former champions. And uh, Katrina actually put over Matanza Cueto because last season she had a confrontation with Dario and she said, I know about the monster you have and uh, Mil Muertes is way more powerful. And this time she basically said that Matanza might be more powerful than the earthquake <gasps> that killed you. Oh my. Yeah. She's going to fuck Matanza now. Well, I don't know if she was just trying to psych him up or what, but uh, it definitely worked, as Mil Mortez was super pissed. <laughs> thousand deaths. Yeah. No, uh, Phoenix is, yeah. Phoenix is the guy with a thousand lives. Mil Mortez will give you a thousand deaths. Uh, the highlight of the show by far was the main event, Trio's match. It was Rey Mysterio, Prince Puma, and uh, Dragon Azteca Jr. versus Mundo, Taya, and Cage. And just an absolutely terrific match. Hmm. Uh, it's one you should seek out. Really? Yeah, I would I would go that far. That good? Yeah. Damn. Just, they managed to tell a whole bunch of different stories in there. Uh, they had a little bit more Taya and Cage interaction, and... I think, honestly, that's just because they taped so far in advance, they didn't get to see the kind of eh, crowd re- like online reaction to Cage and Taya interacting. Mm-hmm. So that's one drawback with Lucha Underground, is that they're so far in advance, they can't capitalize on stuff or change things. Very true. Because I know a lot of people, a lot of viewers would be really happy if Taya and Cage never interacted again just because of that massive size difference. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. So, uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh Puma finished off Mundo with the 630 splash and that was, uh, it was absolutely great. So, really a terrific match. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's one of those matches you could show just about anybody, and they'd really appreciate it. Yeah? Yeah. That good, huh? Just a fun match. Just a fun match. Fun matches are good. Yeah, everybody really got to shine. Mm-hmm. 
And but what it does leave me wondering is, uh, let's see, there's um, one one uh, trios team I'm kind of looking forward to is seeing who they pair up with Jack Evans and PJ Black, because they'd be a great trios team or part of a great trios team. Although given uh, Dario really enjoying screwing everyone over at all times, mm-hmm. I would guess they'd probably pair them with Drago. Or do they, have a, do they have like a thing? Uh yeah. Jack Evans beat Drago. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. And started calling himself the Dragon Slayer. And then they attacked he and PJ Black attacked Drago with nun- nunchucks. Because that's what you do. Did they have a three way like nunchuck battle at one point? Yes, and Aerostar made the save. <laughs> he was saved by Rocket Man. Love it. Yeah. Uh, the show closed out with a segment between uh, Dario and Matanza that was super creepy. Tell me why. Uh, basically, uh, Dario said, you know, Matanza's starting to grow into his destiny and nobody will be able to stop him. And then Dario went on to explain that Matanza has to be caged because he's so valuable to Dario. He's the most important thing in his life, and that's what people do is... They lock up their valuables. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, and like he even reached out and patted his face, and uh, he pretty much tacitly said, just kill Milmortes. I see. Yeah. It kill was the man of a thousand deaths. Yeah, it was really kind of an interesting scene. I'm intrigued. Yeah, like, it just kind of showed Dario... It gave it Dario a bit of depth. Because he really enjoys violence, but at the same time, he's not... Are you familiar with the evil overlord list? No. Uh, basically, it's this old, uh, really old thing where what you shouldn't do when you're an evil overlord. Mm-hmm. And one of the things was, if I'm an evil overlord, I will never be cruel to a monster I have in my possession. I have under my control because if that monster gets away from me and I've been an asshole to it the, its entire life, it's going to eat me. I see. So it seemed like it was kind of planting the seeds for that. Oh. Because Dario has the big friggin' key. And if something were to happen where Dario lost the key, he's kind of planted the seeds that... Matanza would have no reason to, like, murder him. I get you. And that's kind of my working theory. But it seems to make the most sense to me. That's an interesting theory. Yeah. Are you up to date on the latest goings, going-ons in the world of TNA? <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Wow. So... We don't know the specifics yet. We know there is a company called Aerolux that is supposedly paying the bills right now. And who knows if it's true or not, but the current going idea is that if TNA defaults on a payment to them, then Aerolux takes over uh, majority control of the company. And that two of the chief people in the Aerolux company are Ron and Don Harris, who are head of production, I believe it is, for TNA, or video editing, which, mm-hmm. 
apparently they can do, and they also are neo-Nazis. Actual neo-Nazis. Openly. Openly. Wore the uh, the SS bolts on a uh, TNA show once long ago in the early days. They have uh, Aryan Brotherhood, or uh, I don't know if they're... Yeah, no. they're... They're SS tat. They literally have SS tattoos. Yeah, I mean, they are open neo-Nazis. So TNA might have found a worse owner. Yeah, uh, as somebody said, give us money or our company will be run by Nazis is a, an interesting pitch to investors. <laughs> could be, could be, uh, raise some eyebrows. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, TNA hasn't been anything in a while, mm-hmm. but still, <laughs> Nazis? <laughs> I know, that is pretty... Pretty fitting, actually. Astonishing. I mean, they've had... Over the years, they have had investors willing to buy into the company. Yep. But Dixie has just steadfastly refused to step away from a major role within it. And that's always been what causes these deals to fall apart. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's always, it's been known like for ages the company has never been doing amazing work, so. Might as well become a Nazi fiefdom. Yeah. And incidentally, I hear uh, Zara Schreiber is going to be uh, getting a big push in the knockouts division. Oh. <laughs> she is a free agent. Yeah. They, uh, they could use some, some new female talent. With oh, Nazi leanings. Yeah, I'm probably for the best that Kong is already gone, because... Wow. Zahara doesn't have a baby. No, but uh, <laughs> Kong is pretty well known for n- not tolerating racists. Yes, and also yeah. attacking people in front of their baby. But yes, yes I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. So... That's the TNA news. Do you want to talk? Do you actually want to talk about Raw? Um, I guess we could do some broad points. Probably not bullet uh, show by show. I would appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have no interest really in talking over, uh, on the specifics of Raw. I would like to mention, uh, as we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Shane back. Yeah. That seems uh, to be the operating idea. I don't know <laughs> if they're going to bring the authority back to feud with him eventually or what. But Who knows? Um, how's he doing? Uh, he's doing fine. Crowds are still really into him. He keeps it short and sweet, basically. Yeah. He comes out, he gets his pop, he says his stuff, and he's done. It's not 20 minutes. That's good. Yeah. Why, um, why, why are they doing this? Because of, quote-unquote, I'm making the air quotes as I'm saying it, overwhelming social media support. I swear. And so, like, again, it brings up, why did they bother? Why? If they were just going to do it anyway. Also, can they not come up with a better excuse? No, they can't. Literally cannot. Yeah, I mean, they wrote themselves into that corner, and they're just choosing to ignore it. They're just like, oh, now, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Say what Um, you will, but come on. Yeah, I know. It's brutal. So, uh, let's... It was really funny because two weeks ago, that Raw felt like the Raw after WrestleMania. The one after WrestleMania seemed purposely designed to, like, 
dull the crowd as much as possible. The Raw after? Yeah. It was as if they wanted to give them nothing to work with, to cheer about or get really mad about. Mm. And then the following week, they had all this fun stuff happen. And they had, like, Gallows and Anderson debut, and they had all these different things, and it really was a solid Raw. It was the kind of show that just absolutely flew by. And then this past week was in London. And the first two hours were quite good. The crowd was very excited, very into a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then towards the third hour, it just, they got bogged down with a, that multi-woman divas match, or multi-women's match. And the crowd never seemed to recuperate from it. They also had a main event of Owens and Ambrose, which I feel they could have done differently. The show opened with a Ambrose Asylum segment. He hijacked the uh, highlight reel. Ah. And he's super devoted to his potted plant, which is kind of funny. Shane Shane realized a fight was going to break out between Owens, Ambrose, Zayn, and Jericho. So he booked a tag? No, he he just left the ring. Oh. And before he left, Ambrose gave him the potted plant. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really, like, it was a cute touch. Mm -hmm. And, like, at one point, Shane was the initial guest, and he said, let's take a seat, and there were no chairs. So, like, very subtle, but funny. Very funny. Yeah, Ambrose is good at that uh, that comedic stuff. And so the initial, the first match was Jericho Zane, and then the main event was Owens and Ambrose, which, great match as always, but we've seen it so many times in recent weeks yeah. that it really didn't feel like the main event. It should have been Jericho and Zane, I think. Hmm. Um, by the end of the show, the crowd was just deflated. They were just kind of tired. Not surprising. No, and I feel like some of the wrestling was that way. Because when they do those European tours, it's a grind. Quick pop over and pop back. Yeah, like Charlotte posted the uh, the travel schedule, and it was absolutely insane. Do you remember kind of how it went? I don't off my head, unfortunately. But it was just, you know... Boom, 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 boom. Like, absolutely jam-packed. Yeah. Yeah, quick and... Quick and, uh... Yeah, quick and intense. But And that's always why I feel like some of the Raws, they have the longer segments and shorter matches are because people are tired. Yeah. Like, they're... It's a brutal schedule, even more so, because there's a lot more hopping to and fro. And, uh, like I said, Ambrose and Owens was a fine match. It's always going to be a fine match, but I think it was hindered by just overexposure. Having been done a few too many times. A problem they constantly have to fight with. Yeah. And this was a case where I think a tag match would have kept things fresh, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. And, uh, let's see... Yeah, I talked. To, we talked about the D, the women's match, and it's so hard to switch over to women's and not say divas, but I'll get over it. 
Uh, one match I did want to talk about was Apollo Crews versus Heath Slater. And they actually set up a, set, a segment on the network where Crews said, if you beat me, I'll join the group. Yeah? Yeah. And they beat him? No. Dang. And a lot of people were like, that would have been great. Because I think of all the new recruits, aside from maybe the VOD villains, Cruz has had the worst Raw debut. Really? Yeah. I mean, Breeze has his entrance. Breeze has a gimmick. Cruz is just kind of thrown out there in these surprisingly competitive matches. Like, it, the Slater versus Cruz match was pretty long. Hmm. It was It was fine. Yeah. But the outcome wasn't in, in doubt. Maybe needed to be more of a showcase. Yeah. And they're just, they are giving him nothing to work with. No character, the most generic music. And like, so far, all we know about the guy is that he's athletic and smiles. So that one not working so well. Yeah, he just, he feels like he's got no direction. And losing the match and being forced to join the social outcasts would probably have given him something. You know, it would have given him a, something to work with, but they just didn't go with it. And they're, they've gotten really into this bad habit of setting up storylines and then just going like, nope. And I don't get that. I'm not going to complain too much about that one, but I do know what you're saying. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, and that is, uh, that is a problem that they often have. A lot of the time, they will set up a storyline, seem to kill it, and then just go, well, the ending didn't matter. We're going to do it anyway, like with Shane. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a terrible habit. Or they will pick up a storyline months after the fact. Yeah. So, just a couple of bad habits in their writing that they really need to start tamping out we got any uh other good things from raw or maybe go anything else to touch on i mean it doesn't seem like a lot of i don't know it doesn't seem like the most entertaining two weeks of television i mean it seemed like okay uh -huh. but if you were to say like like if you were to ask me you know man flurry what do you think the big storyline going on right now is i would say i don't know i assume it involves roman reigns is it roman versus aj yeah, uh, this past week, um, Gallows and Anderson interrupted AJ's promo, and they're all super happy to see him. And later, they uh, they had Gallows and Anderson attack Reigns uh, after he had a promo with AJ. That's right. And so they're kind of... It's interesting because people are debating if AJ's the heel, if they're going to try and turn him heel to get Roman over... And the other people are saying, no, they'll join Reigns. And then there's all this kind of debate. And all I can think is they don't know what they're doing yet. They, have, they have many ideas, but they haven't decided on the one. Yeah. And they're just it's just a bunch of stuff for right now. Yep. So I personally feel like they would they would be stupid enough to turn AJ heel. Or try to. That would be funny. Yeah, honestly. So silly. It's also silly to sign Luke Gallows, quite frankly. Yeah, but if they're going to keep him in a tag team or he's going to be part of the stable, what the hell? He's a big dude. 
He's he's not the worst they have. He's not far off from the worst they have. He's really not. <laughs> All right. Like, uh, okay, let's let's determine who's actually worse than Luke Gallows. Like, who who can you say on that roster is inarguably worse than him? Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. That's one. Boom. Um. Would we say Eric Rowan? I don't know that I would at this point. I would say yeah. Probably. Roman has a Roman is very much like Alicia Fox, where he has a couple of moves he does very well. A spin kick. Yeah, he's really good at that. Like Alicia is with her Northern Lights. Yeah. She, she, she does one of the best Northern Lights suplexes on the roster. Because very few other people do it. That's also true. But yes, yeah, she does do a. She has very good form. Yeah. On the Northern Lights, um, would we say Ryback? Yeah, I despise Ryback. Uh, that's a that's some of my own personal bias showing, yeah. but maybe yeah. Bo Bo Dallas is not very good. Mm-hmm. But again, Bo's kind of lost in a stable right now, so yeah. I mean, I've he's... seen him wrestle long enough though that yeah. he's, he's not very good. But the point is, Luke Gallows not very good. Carl Anderson very very good um, as a tag team. Not as good as Carl Anderson is as a solo, but in WWE, really, what's the ceiling yeah. for a guy who's 40 and not that big? Mm-hmm. So, whatever. I mean, it's intriguing right now, and we'll see what they do with it. Yeah. Will it fizzle like everything else? Who knows? But the I, answer I, is probably. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Probably, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they've done it again, where they've set up something potentially interesting. And we'll just see how they squander it. Always the pessimist, aren't you? I thought I was supposed to be the optimist. Mm. I think we switched places somewhere along the line. Oh, heel turn. <laughs> okay. What else on that there duo of shows? Um, let's see. My god, even kids are booing Roman. Well, you know, he's not a good guy. No, he's oh my god. Guy and they... Bad guy. They keep shoehorning in that phrase, and it's just getting worse every time he says it. The first time, it was cool, but they're trying to make it a thing. And it's too long, and it's too clunky. And it doesn't work. Like a lot of things about Roman. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) And even Austin, uh, I was reading an interview with him, and he just... He talked about the Reigns and Triple H match, and he said that should have been 15 minutes. Hmm. He said that should have been a hell of a lot shorter, should have been, uh, the word you used, a showcase. For Roman? Yeah. So I, think, it, I think Triple H should have won. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to send the fans home happy, he would have. Like, if they had worked it with just Triple H playing total face... Yeah. God, that would have been, I mean, totally destructive for their long-term plans. But then again, so are their long-term plans. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I mean, they're not going to do that, obviously. But how cool would that have been? I know. That would have been like, would have been hilarious. But uh, yeah, honestly, the, the Raw two weeks ago had a lot of momentum. It just felt very fresh. Mm-hmm. And if they they started the tag tournament and it, they set up the uh, Charlotte and Natalia feud, it really felt like they were. It was the Raw after WrestleMania, <laughs> because it just felt like they had they had wrapped up their storylines, even though they hadn't, and they were moving into all these new storylines, going into Payback, and Payback has suddenly become one of their better built shows. 
Hmm. What do, we, what do we have taking form? I know we have Roman versus AJ. Yeah, we have uh, Owens versus Zayn. Mm-hmm. And Ambrose versus Jericho. Good and, little show. Yeah, and the tag title match and the women's title match. Yeah, and the tag title tournament, which yes. we can talk about here, is ongoing. Um, yes. We had Enzo and Cass make their debut in that. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't debut literally in that match. No. They made their debut doing, was it a tete-a-tete with the Dudleys? Yes. And then they defeated the Ascension, I believe. And then Connor got popped for steroids or something. Performance enhancement. Well, whatever. He failed wellness. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, he appears to be one of those guys, if it was steroids, not to say that it is, Mm -hmm. but if it was, he's seemingly one of those fellas who cannot diet for shit. No. Because he looks like a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway. um, That was very mean. I'm sorry, Connor. I know you listen. Friend of the show. Uh, but what what else has been going? Like, what's it looking like? Is it are the Usos going actually, through? Actually, they had the uh, they've set up the finals. Oh, yeah that that happened on Raw. The finals or the semis? The semis. Okay. And so it will be Enzo and Cass who beat the Dudleys Ooh. versus the Vaude Villains who beat the Usos clean. That's interesting. Yeah. So all um. Well, that's on one side. What else we got? What's the other match? Uh, let's see. We discussed the women's match. Then there's uh, AJ and Roman. No, but but. Oh, what do you mean? Because they the Vod villains beat the Usos. Yes. So Usos versus Enzo and Cass are the finals. No, Vod villains versus Enzo and Cass. I'm sorry, Vod villains versus Enzo. So that's You're literally drunk. the final. It feels like it sometimes. That's literally the finals of the tournament is yes. two outside teams that just debuted. Yep. That's fun. I know. And I think that was part of what felt really fresh. That was a very, very much a surprise win. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Um, I If I was going to fantasy book, I'm going to guess the Dudleys will cost Enzo and Cass the match. Because they've been feuding. Again, the Dudleys have been really good about just getting people over, and they're still good at getting heat. Yeah. You know, I'm not... I'm. They're fine where they are. They're not anywhere near the tag titles. I hate them. I know you do, but I don't hate the position they're in. I don't hate what they're doing right now. And so, presumably, that would set up Enzo and Cass versus the Dudleys at Payback. Oh, oh, they're actually doing... Oh, okay. That's my, that's my speculation. Okay, I see. Because it actually seems like they're leading to that. Well, we shall see. Indeed. Um, we talked about TNA news. We talked about the women's division. Would you like to talk about upcoming returns? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's start. Uh, I thought Cena would be back. Mm-hmm. already, but nope, WrestleMania was a uh, just one-time thing. Sure hope he didn't re-injure himself or something. I imagine he didn't, but... No. Um, so he's not nearly as healthy as he made it out to be, unfortunately. So whenever John Cena comes back, yeah, what do you see happening? I see, like, it's John Cena. I'm seeing a feud with Reigns. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You know what? It's not like Roman can get booed any harder. Yeah. 
the other option would be to keep him as far away from Cena as possible, but in that case, what do you do with Cena? Um, yeah, hold him over until a bigger show, I guess, possibly, but Cena versus Roman would be a really good really yeah. good feud, really. You can get a lot of legs out of that. Mm-hmm. Even if you delved into, like, crowd reactions. Yeah. You know, Cena's like, you know, you gotta respect these people, blah, blah, blah. You're not the man unless you win them over, etc. You could do a lot with it. Yeah, I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. That is what I want. Yeah. Uh, so what does it mean? What about Seth Rollins? Um, he's got to be due back soon. Yeah, I think he's closer to SummerSlam. They said six or nine months. I mean, he's doing like the video of him doing CrossFit shit. Yeah, um, but he's also filming that movie as well mm-hmm. for WWE Studios. That's right. So that's going to push him back a little, which is probably for the best. Because a dude like him, he's just such an ambitious, driven guy that he would be the type to rush back. Yep. He hasn't yet, so I'm I'm, I'm pleased by that because you don't want the guy to, you know, retire early. No, and there's no damn need for it, so... Exactly. So when he comes back, hmm... I say break up the authority. I mean... They've already been off TV for so long. You could even have, potentially have Hunter and Stephanie find some new person, start to challenge Shane. Shane comes back and says, well, got I've got uh, somebody who's going to help me, yada yada. If my guy wins, you uh, the authority breaks up. And it's Seth. When you say authority breaks up, I almost like think, that Triple H and Stephanie, by stipulation, have to get a divorce. Yeah. And that would be a hilarious step. That really would. Wouldn't it? Yeah. If you lose this match, you have to get divorced. That's about the only thing wrestling hasn't done. Because we've already done. If you lose, you have to get married. Yep. So, why the hell not? Would love the hell out of that. Yeah, that's perfectly goofy wrestling. Okay, and so and someone else who could who's coming back soon is uh, Neville. Uh, I mean, I don't think soon for him, unfortunately. But he bashed himself up pretty good. But I mean, when he comes back, what's the limit for a guy like that mid card? Uh, yeah, I could see IC level. Yeah, but no further, unfortunately, and he's very good. He is. Okay, and then there's Orton. Randy Orton. Um, Randy Orton. Long after he um. There had been a report that came out. Dave Meltzer reported that Randy was going to have to get his neck, you know, have to get neck Mm -hmm. surgery after he got shoulder surgery. Yeah. Like five months later, Randy Orton was like, heard, you know, Dave Meltzer saying I was going to get my neck uh, operated on. No, not true. Um, Like way after the fact, Mm -hmm. you know, just like (laughs) you did. You did need to, but then something changed or did it. No one knows, because the guy still isn't back. And he's been out for a long time. He has. Do you think we'll see him again? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely think that he's going to come back. I, I really feel like, just with the sheer amount of injuries he's had of late, the you mm-hmm. know his inability to stay healthy and on the main roster for longer than a few months at a time, I honestly don't think they'll... I think they'll still push him. But I highly doubt he's ever going to be involved in a uh, uh, you know a focal point point angle ever again. I agree. I think 
he's always been a guy who's taken time off. Yeah. He's always been a very sensible person who goes, I'm taking a vacation. Yep. Like some kind of freak. And then you <laughs> unfortunately couple that with his propensity to get injured the last few years. Yeah. Um, and, and he's, I swear, the last three years, he's been out more than he's been in. Yeah, and uh, frankly, I could see him if they would just leave him like a special attraction kind of thing. Yeah. Like a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam guy and leave it at that. Or Survivor Series, just... Or just a couple, like, you know, three-month runs at a time, something. You know, more of a Jericho schedule for the guy. Yeah, I think that would suit him ideally, too, because he's also a dude who kind of runs out of motivation. Oh, absolutely. And so I think that would be a great way to let him keep his batteries charged, stay arrested, etc. Yeah. But, okay, what? Do, presuming he comes back, who do you set him with? Oh, God, Orton? Yeah. I've actually got someone in mind too, depending on how they if they how they brought him back. Interesting. I'm curious. Tell me. Cesaro. Cesaro Orton? Yeah. I think that could be fun as hell. Could be fun, absolutely. And Cesaro's the kind of guy who won't put up with the half ass shit and I don't think Orton would do it to him. No. No. They could have some fun matches. And it would actually be a pretty good way to elevate Cesaro. For sure. And Orton seems like he's always been very clear that when he hits a certain point, he's done. Yeah, but, you know, to be fair, Calf, a lot of wrestlers say that, and they're still kicking around. Yeah, The only but... ones that seem to retire are because they have spine issues. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Stone Cold, spine issues, but Sting, spine issues, Edge, spine issues. I don't know. I think I feel like Orton would stick to it because he's put in a lot of time. He has. And I would not I would never question a man's passion for it, but he's always in interviews seemed to treat it like more of a job. Yeah. Than the others. It's like my contract's up. I've done my 9 to 5 to 9 years. Done. And so... He's 36. He's 36. He's been there since, for what, over 12 years? He's, he's been there, like, in their system. Yeah. Like, before he was 21, I think. So, he... I could see him being done for a while. We'll see. It, it, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the guy, because you never seem to know. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he's one of those guys who is really good, but he's someone I forget about, unless I'm reminded of him. I think, again, he's one of those, he's as talented as he is motivated. Yeah. And when he's not motivated, it shows so much more than with a lot of other people. True. He is, like, seriously world class. Yeah. When he's, when he's on his A game, he is one of the best. But he's not always on his A game. True. Oh, you would like this show because there, I don't remember any Big Show or Kane. Oh! The past two shows. Very big ups to WWE for not booking the over 40 giants who can't do shit no more. Well, they have Baron Corbin now. Hey, he's pretty good. Hey, and I don't mind Baron Corbin because he has more of a gimmick than Apollo Crews at this point. And his gimmick is, I hate Dolph Ziggler. And I can, get, I can get behind that as a gimmick. But I thought they were trying to push, push him as a heel. They are. <laughs> uh, so the last one on this list, Bray Wyatt. Has it come out exactly what the extent of his injury is? No, they've been very, uh, very coy on that. Such as they are these days. Yeah. 
Um, but provided he's out for a while, which yeah. looked gruesome, so I'm well, assuming. Yeah, I mean, they all... They said something about him being on the tour at Manchester. He could be in a non-wrestling role. It's like sit in your sit in your in your uh, rocking chair. Sit in your and... twice destroyed rocking chair. <laughs> the sacred rocking chair. It's just made from Sister Abigail's bones or whatever. Yeah, and so I'm thinking they might be waiting till he gets back to the states. Yeah. And if it was so serious that they rushed him back, I think we would have heard about it by now. Yeah. I imagine if he is out for a while, mm-hmm. um, then what he will do when he comes back to WWE mm-hmm. is he will lead the Wyatts. It will yeah. be inexplicable. The storylines will never justify themselves. He will be the worst character on the show. And he will continue being the lead nanker that drags Raw down. Back to, uh, will they continue with the face turn? <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe. I think, you know, they've always got that little bit, unless they really masterfully do the return, work them as a heel. Yeah. It's, uh, people are always faced for a little bit coming back. True. So we'll see what happens. The whole Wyatt clan coming back is faces. Luke Harper hopefully healed by then. Yeah. Um, kind of already talked about the European Raws, you know, about how people are fucking tired and jet lagged and just yeah. run all over, all over God's creation. Absolutely. So, but is there anything else that you wanted to talk about top to bottom, uh, WWE, the Raws, things we didn't, uh, you know, touch on, <laughs> debuts, Nazism? <laughs> Nazis are bad. Agreed. Nazism is bad. Yeah, the Crossing Borders Wrestling Podcast takes a strong stance against Nazism. Exactly. Um, let me see. Oh, I did watch Ring of Honor. Ah, okay. That was quite a fun show as well. Uh, the ending match was a blow-off feud of the feud between Dalton Castle and Silas Young. Oh. That's been going for quite a while. Yeah, I watched the uh, show that started on... Yeah. Really, that's been a fun, fun as hell feud. I'm a really big Dalton Castle fan. Dalton had, got his boys back, and how did the uh, feud culminate here? In a match without honor. Oh! Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. A lot of people said, oh, it's su- that was super tame, but it's a regu- It's not a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, they took some pretty solid bumps, okay? <laughs> uh... Again, there's no need for them to kill themselves when it's not an eye pay-per-view, but they definitely didn't walk away unbruised. We'll yeah. put it that way. They had some fun spots. They uh, and uh, Dalton finally pulled off the win. Ah, oh, good job, Dalton. Yeah, uh, the boys did a little bit, but uh, they they had a spot, but they didn't necessarily contribute to the final out- outcome of the match. Right. They interfered, they got tossed out, and then the match continued for a bit. Was BCB there? No. Damn it. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that was pretty damn fun. All fun things. show. Yeah, and it actually ended with the confetti for the party peacock. <laughs> yeah. Did that I close just... the show? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was, it was a really fun match. I would say worth checking out if you're if you're interested. If you know the feud at all, it's worth looking up. Yeah, and if you don't, go check it out because it's fun. 
Yeah, it's kind of, it's very much an old school style wrestling feud. Extremely good shit. Yeah. Uh, Dalton Castle is also a pro follow on Twitter. He's, he doesn't tweet often, but it's usually really funny. So, definitely a good one. Let me see. Uh, yeah, all in all, pretty good show. I really like Ring of Honor. It's so short <laughs> compared to like all the other wrestling. Yeah, it's a it's a quick watch, a quick it and is. fun watch. Yeah, and I God, I love Dalton Castle. I what I love is that he's a face. Yes. You know, yeah, again, that, ten ten years ago, that gimmick would be like. So different. Like, you know, received, I mean. Yeah. And instead, people... I think it's that, again, that we've talked about the enthusiasm that someone, a performer brings to it. And you could throw someone in that outfit, give them that entrance, and it would just... And if they half-ass it, it, the crowd would just blah. But Dalton just puts so much enthusiasm into it. It's so fun. And you couple that with the fact that he's, it's a really flashy gimmick, but he's a good worker. And he's got some really great power spots. Yeah, he does. He has a good uh, deadlift German. That's awesome. He's a very good, uh, yeah. he's very good. Yeah, he, he's got like this physique where you wouldn't necessarily think he's that strong. Yeah, he doesn't have like a Man esque physique. No. He's more of a... He's more uh, lank, not lanky, but yeah, you know, you can tell he's got a little strength to him, but you don't expect him to be able to just slowly but surely pick somebody up and German him. Yeah, like very much like Cesaro, where Cesaro's obviously incredibly fit, but then he just does stuff that seems inhuman. Yes, Cesaro has an unbelievable body, but he doesn't have a bodybuilder's physique whatsoever. Yeah. You know, you think somebody like Ryback, where it's more show muscle, right? Would do those the deadlift Germans and that, but no. Or even Roman, where he's got those super impressive arms. He can't even gotch lift properly. No. <laughs> and, like, again, like, it's funny, Brock is huge too, but he's not necessarily as cut as... No, he's not. But then you just see him casually picking up human beings by their belts. That That is uh, one of the best gifts of, uh... Was that so... last year? When he just picks the referee up by the yeah. pants, pops him in the ring. <laughs> so crazy. You, like, you don't... It was just one of those things that you you had to see it again and just yep. be like, really? Go, I'm that happened. find that gift after this and look at it. Yeah, it's so good. So, we've already blown through all our topics. Good for us. Did you ask for questions? No. Ask for questions and we'll go through mine. Okay. Clickety clack. Typing as quick as I can. I actually, I also saw Zootopia. Oh, did you? Yeah. Uh, what did you think? Solid. Very good. Yeah. I mean, the crazy thing is, it's the, on paper the premise is, oh, look, this whole city is animals. And it's a cop story. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's a police it's a cop movie. Hmm. They just happen to be animals. And it's surprisingly deep for a kid's movie. There's racism. There's hmm. just all this different stuff. 
really, really a, a good movie all around. I and like the it. fact, yeah, the fact that they're animals is pretty much incidental. Then why did they do it? I don't know. It's gotta, a gimmick, I guess. Gotta get the kids' eyes on it. Yeah. I know. <clears throat> For a kids' movie, it's solid, and it's a police investigative movie. It's a buddy cop movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, and a good story. I mean, had no complaints on it, and the editing made it look a lot more wacky and goofy than it was. But it's a sur- it has some surprisingly dark moments. Hmm. Yeah, a solid watch if you're if you're interested, and I would recommend it. Cool stuff. Alrighty. Go ahead and get into the questions. I did ask for questions, but uh, yeah. we'll see if I get any. Okay, so uh, Slapnuts SAA starts with a very simple one. How are you guys? We already talked about this, Nate. Uh, I'm good. I just got back from vacation a couple days on Monday, so That's no why complaints. we didn't do the show last week. No, you asked to take a break. Because I'm very Like you resentful. were Rachel on Friends. I don't. I don't get that reference. You should. Why should I? Because. I don't watch shows. You're a friends, Mark. We all know it. I'm not in the friends zone. Yes, Mark. Okay. Uh, so I'm pretty solid. Man Flurry is a curmudgeon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Blue Army Man asks, who can slash will be the Shawn Michaels to Roman Reigns is Diesel? Well, Heath Slater is the next Shawn Michaels. Obviously. So it has to be him. That would be a hilarious pairing. Slater has gotten unconventional tag teams over before. He could do it again. He got Slater Gator over really well. Why the hell not? Have Roman join the social outcasts. Why the hell not? He could replace Adam Rose for the next 60 days. Yeah, Adam Rose popped and Connor popped. Yeah. Both, apparently, second violations. Yeah, I don't remember the first ones. Either that or they touched Vince. Or they, uh, you know, maybe Orton got popped again and they're just like, listen, guys. <laughs> Take one for the team. Yeah. That'll, that'll be the new working theory. We're going to spread an internet rumor. Just like how Man Flurry injured Seth Rollins so we could pop the story. I was just trying to get with Zara. Well, she's single now. Is she? Yeah. Oh, they broke up? Ages ago. Uh, Seth and her? Yeah. How do you know? Uh, she started Instagramming her new place. Oh, very sad. I thought they'd make it. Yeah, who knew? (laughs) What else we got? Okay, uh, let me see. Flashy McFlash asks, You wake up Kafka style. Kafka style. Kafka. As Kane. Whatever. How do you spend your day? Light myself on fire. (laughs) Um, I see the smarter thing would be to say resign. Just be like, Vince, I quit. Mm. And then, you know, Kane comes back to himself and you're... Ah, I see, because I'd be him, but he'd still be him. Yeah. I like it. Yes, I would purposefully ruin Kane's life. Absolutely. I would not ruin his personal life, but maybe his career. Just be like, I'm done. That's fair. Yeah. 
He's a piece of shit. I'd ruin his personal life. I disagree. Alrighty. Our good friend, whose name we pronounced correctly last time, Chewy Bitems, asks, will Christian go into the Hall of Fame in the next five years? Or when will he, if ever? He, I mean, obviously he will. Yeah. I could, you could easily, if they were ever really stretched for members, have he and Edge be double members yeah. for ENC alone. Yeah. And, and, and obviously Christian... You know, will go in. He's yeah. much more. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah, know? he he's always been a solid company dude mm-hmm. from the beginning, and I think even just it's they've uh, they've given awards out for less. So Ain't I that wouldn't. The truth. Yeah, I think they might do ENC first. Probably. But I would have. I'd be not surprised at all. Uh, I would say ENC within the next five years, and then maybe Christian solo a little bit later. Yeah, obviously, if they ever have a mania in Toronto, huh. which I highly doubt they will, but I know. you never know. Yeah. Then they're he's going in for sure. Uh, yeah, I within the next five years, I'd say yeah, if only for ENC. Yeah. And potentially solo. Alrighty. That's the end of your questions? Yeah. Alright, I only got two. Okay. Epitasis asks... Uh, th- I might have to help you with this one, Kath, because you don't know shit about Pokemon. Who should be the final member of my Pokemon Yellow team? Goku. <laughs> Tangela, Dugong, or Polyrath? None of those are Goku. None of those are Goku. Oh. Goku-esque. Okay. None of them are Goku-esque. But Tangela, Dugong, or Polyrath? I voted Dugong because I believe they have Ice Beam. I will go with the last one. You will go with Polyrath. Yeah. Fair enough. And Slapnuts asks, uh, or demands, make (laughs) Kath eulogize Wicked J. You you remember the clown prince of ESW? I do. You know that he died? Yeah. In a horrific way? Yeah, that was really quite sad. Um, Would you be so kind as to eulogize Wicked J? Sure. I mean, Wicked J, he just seemed like a, uh, for, there's no denying it's a backyard promotion, but he really did seem keen on making it something special. Mm -hmm. And he was willing to put his body at an insane level of risk to do so. And honestly, he was a pretty, for somebody who clearly never got trained by a professional, Yeah. Uh, he, you could really see him kind of learn as he went. Yeah, we have an uh, ironic fandom for ESW, but yeah. it's a very legitimate ironic fandom. They're not that bad. A lot of them, like Wicked J was probably the best one they had. He was mm-hmm. actually good. Like, actually knew how to pace matches and knew how to bump. You could see it kind of, you could see him evolving, and he, it was definitely a passion project for him, and they had storylines, and they had, they were trying. Yeah, and they were juggalo based. Yeah. But, what can you do? Exactly. I certainly did not deserve to die in a trash compactor. No, uh, so definitely a shame, and 
certainly entirely too young. Yeah. That's one you can't blame on the business, though. No. uh, Physically, he probably did himself no favors, but uh, absolutely, without question, a real tragedy. I mean, if only for how young he was, but Mank really clearly loved the business. And, uh, yeah, it's just a damn shame, and I think ESW will be much worse for his loss. Poor guy. Yeah. That was probably way more... Serious and somber? Yeah. But you know what? I like ESW. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, and I guess Balls Mahoney also died, too. Balls Mahoney did die. Um, yeah. Axel Rotten died a few months ago. Yeah, I mean, that's so harsh. Who was the other guy who died? Oh, uh, Blackjack Mulligan. Yeah, um, well, to be fair... He had a decent run at life. Yeah. Wrestlers who make it to 70 are, uh, unfortunately... Venerated elders. Seriously. Yeah. So, absolutely, uh... Yeah, it's a shame about Balls Mahoney, too, but from... It was quite funny for people reacting to Lance Storm's eulogy. If you can even call it that, yeah. Well, his write-up. And... He basically said, like, Balls was such a warm and friendly guy that it threw him off. And I mean, he did explicitly say he found him annoying. Yeah, but a lot of it was just because he was so gregarious. You're welcome at the Crossing Borders podcast. Would you like to throw in $20 words? I would have said loquacious. Mm -hmm. Although that wasn't, that wouldn't really be what they were getting he was getting at no. i don't know that, that it was very tone deaf it was very lance but lance uh, is always going to be like that so I, it's not surprising I, I, yeah i mean for a dude who's really not that lance doesn't seem to wear his heart on his sleeve he doesn't it's no. not who he is so i think the the what he wrote was just sincere and he's always i appreciate someone who's always been that way he's not going to you know he's not going to cry a river because that's what people think would be appropriate. He's he knew the guy better than pretty much anyone listening. So, what the hell? I I would yeah. I would say that I have a great deal. I, I wouldn't say a great deal. I have some degree of just distaste for someone who can write up something so callous, even if it's his honest opinion, because it's in the wake of the guy dying, and it did no benefit or anything I to him. Even- I wouldn't call it callous. It was. I mean, I, I read it very ca- – I thought it was very callous. I mean, I can pull up the exact words, but it's way past us here, and Lord knows I'm not going to, you know – Balls Mahoney was who he was. Yeah. I'm not going to waste much time on the guy. I have no – I don't have any disrespect for him, but I didn't know him. Yeah. Lance did. So if you can't muster up something nice to say about the fella, sometimes it is better to say nothing. And yet I feel like he he said as nicely as he could. Yeah. And I think it would have been weirder had he said absolutely nothing. If he had just been like, no comment. Well. (laughs) That would have been much, much worse. That would have been very interesting. Oh, hey, look, more questions. Oh, look at that. Lutang secret. If you haven't gone over the death of TNA, please do. We did kind of. Wow. Also, uh, ask Kath. Um, also, if Ka- oh, also if Kath is there, I believe you are. Have her explain the greatness that is moat fights. 
<laughs> and if this is as great as people have been describing it, we can make it a weekly thing to talk about here because I'm very intrigued by it when I see it in my uh, Twitter feed. Moat Fights is kind of amazing. Is it actually called Moat Fights or is that yes. just like the kitsch name? Yes, it's Moat Fighting. That's wonderful. It's, they take like, it's like MMA, but they take all these different disciplines, including pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. So they miss they mismatch stuff, like a sambo fighter versus a sumo wrestler. Ah, and there's a moat. <laughs> it's a it's a dry moat, like dry oh. ice kind of thing, and it's all in Japanese. So it's an incredibly unclear <laughs> what the hell is happening, or why points are being scored, because. If you get the other guy into the moat, that is a lot of points. But if you, say, like, spear him into it, you are also counted as being in the moat. Oh, like if you go with him into it. Yeah. I see. Again, it's incomprehensible so far as the rules go. Sounds beautiful. And there was this one guy who was just this absolutely rotten, filthy heel. (laughs) Like, as the ref was breaking up, he would just constantly go after the... The other competitor, he was just, he would have been disqualified in any other, even remotely legitimate contest. He was that bad. And huh. eventually, eventually the other guy's team just threw in the towel because this guy was just cheating. Openly. Dang. Yeah, it's, it's really entertaining. It's one of those things you'd have to watch with a group. Yeah. But, oh my god, it's... It's insane. Well, and we... the mismatches, and there's a little bit of pomp and circumstance, and people bring like musicians and have their own entrances, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. It sounds like it. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, check it out next time there's a showing. Oh, well, you can, uh, and if people out there you can't, you can just tune it here to the Crossing Borders Wrestling Podcast, the official home of Moat Fights. Yeah. As Ryder Kath will <laughs> run that one down too. Yeah, that was a little while ago, but it was it was an experience, and it was one of those things where no matter you would kind of stop tabbing out just to see the insanity of it all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely loved it. <laughs> all right. Well. All right. This has been episode number 32. It's good to be back, Kath. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I did a good job. Not sure about you, but I did a good job. We had so much to talk about. We really did. And next week we will have... Look, we took two weeks off, man. And there's Nazis. (laughs) So Lord knows if we take three weeks off, even worse shit will befall. Like a volcano. Seriously, a volcano that just spits out Nazis. I mean... More Harris brothers just shooting out of the volcano. It vaguely reminds me of my friend and I talking about Age of Ultron. Okay. Because we were discussing how that movie should have been much darker in tone. Mm -hmm. And it's been out for a while, so fuck you, spoilers. And so, I mean, a lot of people... We were comparing it to Empire Strikes Back, which had a very dark ending. And... I said Ultron should have at least partially succeeded. Yeah. And 
that would have like set up the team breakup a lot better than they did in Ultron itself because everything worked out fine and suddenly everyone's like, I don't want to work together anymore. It's like, what? Why? What the hell? And it eventually culminated in like Ultron lifting up the country and it's somehow squishing Hawkeye's house. There's your dark ending. <laughs> It was one of those things, it was quite late at night, like 11.30. Yeah. And it was just hilarious. They should they should end a moat fight that way. Oh my god. With a, <laughs> with a sentient AI dropping a, a house, a country on someone's house. Yeah. I could, I could see that. And wow, Chewy Bitems expected us to make a Coco Beware reference. Oh, yeah. When, I mean, like, Coco Ware is like middle line inductee at this point with the sheer yeah. amount like even the people they inducted this year the godfather yeah jacqueline jacqueline i'm fine with just because I'm she's fine with both of them yeah she jacqueline had an amazing career hey not many people have beaten the undertaker clean it's true <laughs> the godfather called his grandson a pimp <sighs> what the fuck God damn it, Godfather. Although, given his career, it might be literal. Yeah. He um he did a good speech, though. He just sounded like the most grateful guy. Yeah. So happy. That's cool. Yeah. Not as not as happy as Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen yeah. was like somebody that was like telling his grandson how proud of him he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dr. Phil was on Raw, and his oh, segment God. was fine. Was it? Yeah. He called out Flair and Charlotte for being all weird. Like how she's super dependent on him. And it was, like, not bad. So, good on Dr. Phil for not dragging the show down. Yeah, that's a rare thing for a uh, guest host to do. Yeah, that should be that would be an interesting topic. What makes a good guest host? Yeah. <laughs> we'll jot that down because this show's running longer than normal anyway. Yes, it is. Well... Well, we had so much to say about Nazis. Yeah, I, I have. I constantly think about Nazis, so I always have something to say about them. Yeah. Oh my God, my dog is terrified of them. Yeah. Uh, every time I've watched Captain America, the one with uh, Hugo Weaving, Ye without fail, when he comes on the screen, my dog will whimper, <laughs> and eventually she will just leave. Is he a Nazi? He is. He's Red Skull. He is the Nazi. Fall of Grayskull. And so, and my mother, I told my mom this, and she didn't really believe me. And then it happened again. Hmm. At all the same scenes, whenever Hugo Weaving was on screen, the dog would whimper and eventually leave. Dog just don't like Nazis or Hugos. Yeah. Well, I haven't watched The Matrix or uh, Lord of the Rings around her to test the theory. But, uh. My mother's thought was maybe she was a freedom fighter in a past life. Could be. Could be. Could be. Good dog. Good dog and good show and good night to everyone out there in podcast land. We hope you'll join us next Thursday, not in two days, but in nine, for the next thrilling edition of the Crossing Borders Wrestling Podcast. Until then, this is Strenuous Man Flurry. Keep fit and have fun. Keep fit? Yeah, uh, there was a... Canadian, uh, not infomercial, but they'd like just be these 15 minute things. Oh, wait, I had a yeah. friend who, from Canada show me these. Yeah. There was something about like, um, 
Hal Johnson and Body Break. Body Break! Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. Yeah, that's right. You should bring those back. We should bring them back here? No, you should start them in the U.S. Okay. I will, I will personally start Body Break. But I'll end it like Hulk Hogan did. Be cool. Eat fruit. <sighs> Bye, everyone. Don't be Nazis. Or Bye. you can be if you're no. a nice one. No. You Don't be, be Nazis. Be a nice Goodbye. Nazi. <laughs> like a good Nazi who helps uh. people. Good night. Bye. Did I actually get the last word finally? Probably not. <laughs>